In Jesus' name, let this day be a life-changing day. Lord, let each individual here understand how much they're loved. I come against condemnation in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in Jesus' name, condemnation, because there is no condemnation to them that are the called, those that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. We live in freedom, spiritual freedom, and we thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, let me, because of last week, let me say happy Mother's Day. And uh, in 40 years, just shy of 40 years of ministry, it's first Mother's Day that I missed uh, at a church, but it was a very special, specific time that we had, and we celebrated you when we were in the city of Jerusalem on that Sunday, and we walked a little over five miles on that day, and it was a joy. Well, we've been talking about the body of Christ discovering God. And today, we want, the title is Fishing the Four Steps of Discipleship. And again, it is good to see you. Uh, I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And uh, so many people are enjoying graduations and and many things that are happening right now. Uh, We had quite a few, Christina's graduation party across the way yesterday and so many other people had parties, and what a, a great time it is to celebrate uh, people succeeding in school and all the above. So, Lord bless you and your family as you are enjoying this time frame. Now, we are looking at actual encounters that Jesus had with people, and an understanding that Jesus is God then we understand that every encounter, everything said, everything done, will show you and me God, the character of God, the heart of God. So in reality, in studying the Gospels, we're literally hearing the love of God. And today, we are going to uh, talk about the disciples again, as we have the last few weeks. But today, I'm going to share with you that Literally, what Jesus did in this familiar story, and we're going to take it in a little different light, and we're going to talk about discipleship, fishing for people. And in this reality, in this truth, what we're going to see is Jesus looking at these guys who were exhausted, who just got done working and all night long, and in the reality, he started to tell them, Listen, guys, right now you're frustrated because you didn't catch anything. You almost feel like a failure. But let me tell you who you really are. And in the comments and the statements that he made, he's given us four steps of what it means to be a disciple. And we're going to see who a disciple is today. We're going to understand that through Jesus' teaching. So let's go ahead. As you turn to Luke 5, let me say this. Jesus takes the gifting they have in the natural realm and he makes it supernatural. At that moment, Jesus began to explain to them, if you will become my disciple, there will be a transformative thing that will take place in you. 
The things that you always did naturally, the things that, the gifting that I have given you, now it will become supernatural because now as a disciple, you do everything with the heart of a disciple, which is the heart of God. And last time together, we, we understood that, that with Jesus, everything is about people. In discipleship, everything is about people because if you're a disciple of Christ, then you also have a heart for others. So in Luke chapter 5, let's begin and read this and let's dive into this. I know it's going to just absolutely overwhelm you with joy today. So it was, as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They were done working. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, notice he says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. My professionalism of a, of a fisherman, why would I let down my net? We caught nothing. But because you said this, I'm going to let down my net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, kind of strange statement, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were disciples also, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Peter, do not be afraid from now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. Now in Matthew 4, verse 19, uh, he says, Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, follow me and I will make you or send you out to fish for people. Why is that so important? Because that's the heart of God. God is absolutely thinking about you all the time. You are his daily delight. Jesus is the Father's daily delight and you are Jesus' daily delight. This story we read also, to give you the context of it, is a few months after Jesus was baptized and started his ministry. And Jesus had already met the disciples because the disciples were baptized by John the Baptist. So when John the Baptist came, they were around. So they met Jesus and they knew Jesus. And that's why uh, Peter and, and uh, the others had talked to Jesus, and that's why they called him Master, because they received him as the Messiah. Now, these guys have been baptized, and they believed. 
But Jesus was wanting to take them on a further journey. Jesus wanted to literally let them know how amazing they are in the kingdom of God. So before I I really dive into this, I want to just look at every one of you and say to every one of you, do you not know how amazing you are in the kingdom of God? God has given you not only natural ability, but when you understand today's message, you will understand your natural ability will become supernatural or has become supernatural, and many believers don't know that. But today, you're going to receive the truth, and that truth is going to help you uh, handle some of those things that you're struggling with today. Some of those things in life, at work, at home, whatever it is, in your business, I want to show you what Jesus was saying to the disciples, how powerful they will become when they begin walking in the truth of being a disciple. So Jesus is calling them to discipleship in this passage of Scripture. So what we learn from this is every person who is called to discipleship is to become a fisher of people. And let me just give you a hint. Every one of us are called to discipleship. Now, there is a difference in being a believer and being a disciple. A believer, because you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have entered into the kingdom of God, and a disciple is one who builds the kingdom of God. Very important that you understand this, because there are a lot of, bu- lot of believers that are not building the kingdom of God, because they truly don't understand how amazing and special that they are. Now, I'm loving this church. I love, after the last 13 years, been at this church almost 28 years. And, and here's, here's my point to you, is that I've watched you being disciples, many of you. And I have been encouraged as a pastor. I've been encouraged as a brother, as a man. I've been encouraged to really see you going through situations in your life, whether they're good or bad, but seeing the discipleship heart. And as Jesus is proud of you, I am too. So when I'm teaching here, I want you to hear a pastoral heart. I want you to hear a shepherd's heart. I want you to hear that what I am saying to you is I'm looking at you and I'm saying, well done. But I want to equip you to totally understand that not one of you really has attained all that God has planned for you. Not because you've done something wrong, because you really don't have the full revelation of it, and today's the day. Are you ready for that? Amen. So as we find the difference as a believer, one that confessed Jesus Christ the Lord, has entered into the kingdom of God, you're born again, you're going to heaven, but a disciple is one who will build the kingdom of God, who will walk in the authority and the power given as a disciple to build. Now, here's a question that I need to ask. Are you just a believer or are you a disciple? Are you doing something to build the kingdom? And Jesus now begins to teach how you do that, how you build the kingdom. Each one of you have gifts and talents in this natural life. And the question again is, as a disciple, are you taking these gifts 
and using these gifts and abilities to bless the kingdom. The four things I'm about to give to you, I call or see them as the four steps to discipleship. The first one is this. Will you do something? Pause. Test. Will you do something? Jesus is standing at Lake Gennesaret, which is also called the Sea of Galilee, which is also called the Sea of Tiberias. The Bible indicates the, the, lo- the longer Jesus taught, the larger the crowd got. So there's no mics, there's no speakers, and they're pushing closer and closer to Jesus to hear him. So Jesus then asked Simon Peter, asked Peter, if, who was in business, who just got done all night fishing, and who was cleaning his nets. While cleaning the nets, they were listening to Jesus. And he said uh, to Peter, says, hey, can you just take your boat and row out a little bit and so that I can continue teaching? So let me just show you this. Simon, Peter, and Andrew's boat was the one that Jesus was in. James and John, who became disciples also, were in business with Simon and Andrew. And so the four of them had their own business, and they had two boats. These guys were partners, and they had a fishing business. So Jesus gets into the Peter's boat, asks them to row the boat out a little so he could continue to teach. Now, let's look at this scenario. He goes out, automatically water and wind, if you go to to uh, Lake Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee, uh, Sea of Tiberias, you will notice a lot of times that it's an it's a inward flow of air that comes across, and so the wind's in your face, or this way, as the, the lake is this way, it blows this way most of the time. So in that, there's always a wind blowing in, and so he was able to talk, and whether there was a 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, whatever, they could hear him being out in the lake. So it was a smart thing to do. So let's look at the scenario. Simon, Andrew, James, and John have just worked all night. There is one thing you want to do when you have the night shift, and one thing you want to do when you're done working the night shift is to do what? Go to sleep, all right? So Jesus asked Peter, after they're done cleaning their nets, to do something for him. Now, we also realize that Peter was about to do for Jesus was not his ultimate call. Would you just do something? It's the first part of being a disciple. Peter's ultimate call was to be chief apostle. Jesus asked Peter to row the boat out and then keep it in place because of the wind and everything. You have to keep rowing to keep it in place. And which is a, to a fisherman, a menial task. Think about this. What if Peter would have said this? Row your own boat out. I just got done working and I'm tired. Or, by the way, Jesus... Why don't you just cut your teaching shorter? You're teaching too long. I'm tired, Jesus, 
and I'm going home. You see, Jesus is testing Peter, not will you do what you want to do, but will you just do something test? Even if it's not what you like or not your call, will you just volunteer to assist? You know the struggle with a lot of, no, I'll say it this way, with some Christians is they, they get bigger than their shoes. And they really struggle with just doing something, just volunteering. Just, that's not, well, that's not my call. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's not my personality or anything like that. And what Jesus was trying to do here, Jesus was trying to show Peter and test Peter, are you really going to be my disciple? Because if you're really going to be a disciple, the first thing that you have to do is to do just do something. It's not about whether you feel like it. It's not about whether you're tired or not tired. It's just that you do something. You have a heart to do something. When there's a need, you do it. That's why I love this church. Because many of you, you just volunteer. If there's a need, you all jump into it. And you do it. And so what I would say, you pass that test pretty well. Now let me give you an example of just a few people struggle in this area. Have you ever seen a freeway work crew? You know what they do? They, they close down five miles of the freeway, take cones and block three lanes, and you only have one lane that you drive in for five miles. You're driving for about three, four miles. You don't see anybody, and you're thinking, why did they close this road? Then all of a sudden, you come up to a few people, and you got three people working and 10 supervising, supervisors watching. You ever see that? Yeah. Some people call that city work. Nothing if you work for the city. <laughs> but see, that's the reality. There's a lot of times, my question is this, why is it taking so long to build the kingdom of God? If God has given us ability to build the kingdom of God, why has it been so long on this world to build it? You know the national statistic in churches are 20% of the people do 80% of the work? It's incredible to me how so many people don't go to church because they think they know how the church should be run. And if it's not run like they want, they don't want to go to church. They're experts at doing something they have never done before. And so what is Jesus saying here? Jesus just wanted to test Peter to just do something, and Peter did. I have, I have watched as, as I've been supervisor of churches and the East Coast. I've I was assistant supervisor at AAA Insurance Company over the collections department. You know, kind of funny, you know, training, collections department, being a pastor. Anyways, but what we see here is he then began his journey to change the world because Peter just did something. 
sometimes, church family, we get so frustrated in life because we watch what other people do or what they don't do. And with all of that, sometimes we get really frustrated and we stop doing anything. We give up. You could do that in church. You could do that at work. You could do that with your business. I know sometimes people in business, you know, they just constantly, they're hiring people and the people just, you know, they, they give up on even hiring people because you hire people and you got to work harder because they don't work. And, and so the realities is when we understand what Jesus is saying, to be a disciple, first you're born again, and then you just get involved. Church, get involved in the church to build the kingdom. Not just to be there, but to build the kingdom. Get involved in the marketplace and build the kingdom in the marketplace, in your business. Is your business focusing on the, the kingdom of God? Are you doing things that is a blessing to the kingdom of God? Be committed to where you're called. Don't be committed to what you do. Be committed to what you're called to. Be committed to be that believer. Now, we need to be committed to where we're called. The Bible says that do not forsake the assembling together of the believer. In other words, go to church. And the reality is not that Jesus was saying, go to church or you're bad. He's saying you need to go to church because you get equipped in how to build the kingdom. And when we're faithful to church and we're equipped, you have a pastor that teaches you. We have pastors here that teach and others that teach in the, in the body of Christ. But we must recognize what Jesus is doing. He was saying, Peter, I know you're tired. I know you're frustrated because this is your business and you made no pennies today. You made nothing today because you caught nothing. You spent all this time, all this effort, and you did, nothing happened. But be committed to what you're called to. The second step is will you do what Jesus tells you to do? Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep even though Peter had worked all night. Notice, first Jesus asked him to row the boat, menial task. Second, Jesus tells him, launch out into the deep and let your nets down. Now, the test is, will you do what Jesus tells you to do even if you're tired? Sometimes you volunteer and, and you go teach children's ministry. And you go into a class, and the first year, it's like, oh, this is so cool. The kids are just great, and they're just listening and all that. And then the next year, you get a new group. And in this new group, you got alfalfa, you got, you know, whatever, pig pen, you got everybody in there. And, and they're not listening to you, and you're frustrated. And you say, well, you know what? Maybe I'm just not called to this. No, you are. You are called to that. What you have to do is to hear God, what you need to do, and God will give you an ability to transform those children. But you know how many people quit? 
because they're frustrated with people next to them? Because someone says, I'll be there. I'm going to volunteer. I'll be there. And they don't show up. And you get angry and you get frustrated. The test is, will you do what Jesus tells you to do even if you're tired, even if you're frustrated, even if it seems like you're not getting anywhere, seems like no one cares what you're doing, no one's recognizing you. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 says this, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. I'm tired and I'm frustrated, and I really want to go to bed but because you say so, I will let down the nets. They just clean the nets. You know how long it takes to clean nets? They just clean the nets. And then he's saying, drop them down again. He says, but because you say so, I will let down your nets. As a disciple, you get to a place, if God says so, you're going to do it, and nothing will change that for you. Nothing. Peter says, I have worked hard, nothing I have done has worked thus far, but because you say so, I will. Now watch what happens. Great prosperity came to Peter's business because Peter volunteered in obedience, helping Jesus build the kingdom. He was rowing out, he's tired, he's sleepy, and then he's keeping the boat where it needs to be so Jesus is not turning around in the waves. Amen. Menial task, nothing. He's a professional fisherman, and he's got to do that. But see, Peter said, you know what? I'm going to do this because he's the master. He's God. And now, because you said to let down my nets, I'm going to do that. And great prosperity happened. Peter did a simple thing for the kingdom. Watch this. Peter did a simple thing for the kingdom, and Jesus volunteered to help Peter build his business. I think many people miss out on the blessing of God because they're too busy to build the kingdom. They're concerned about what people think about them. They're concerned about you know, I'm tired. I got, I got to go to work. Yeah, you got to go to work. Go to work. You have to. You can't be late. Matter of fact, Christians should be early and stay late. We should be the best workers. We shouldn't look at the clock a half hour before closing time and start shutting down. We should work until or work over and not expecting anything extra. But we miss God building our business. We miss God healing our family. We miss God building our home. We miss God building our job. We miss God building our health because we're concerned about what's in it for me. That's the second step to discipleship. But here's the third step of discipleship. Will you give Jesus the glory? You can't take the third step until you make building the kingdom your ultimate goal. Have you ever watched people that it's all about them? Because they have not become a disciple. 
when it's all about themselves, they're not a disciple. They're a believer. They're going to heaven, but they're not a disciple. Giving Jesus the glory, Peter says something weird. Watch this. Verse 8. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. That's why you need Jesus, because we are sinful. So what was being said here, I, I think I know why Peter said this. Even though I am a gifted fisherman, all these fish is not because of me. Jesus, you get all the credit. The reason why all these fish are here is you get all the credit. The reason why I'm succeeding in school, Jesus, you get the credit. The reason why my home is at peace, Jesus, you get the credit. It's not because I'm the greatest and I, everything I do turns to gold. It was supernatural. Listen very closely. In this third step, Peter recognized that his natural ability turned into supernatural. He recognized that he was a fisherman. He went out all night long. He knew the holes in, in the sea. He knew the places to fish, the places where they caught before. He knows the wind. He knows the clouds. He knows all the moon, all the different things. He knows all that. He's a fisherman. Ask Pastor Dan about that. Ask Richard Natividad about that. They, these guys know all about the different things to look for in fishing. Peter knew this. He was good at what he did. But he realized that the ability to catch what he did, the biggest catch of his life, was not because of his skill. It was because of a supernatural thing that Jesus did in his skill. Hey, if he didn't cast a net out, he wouldn't have caught the fish. Jesus wouldn't have said, oh, Peter, come on, man. Okay, fish, jump in the boat. You see, a disciple is one that has become who God has called them to become. And now because they know who they are in Christ, now the things that they, are, that they do is based upon the character and the heart of God. And what is the character and heart of God? It's about people. It's about people. It's about that cash, cashier at the bank. It's about that cashier at the grocery store. It's about that gas station attendant. It's about your neighbor. It's about the person sit, sitting next to you in church. That when you come in church as a disciple, they're, you're concerned more about what they're going to receive than what you receive. You've come to hear the word of God. You've come to worship God. You've come to serve. You've come to do these things. But bottom line, the reason why you serve is about others. The reason why you come and worship, you're going to gather with your brothers and sisters to be in unity with them. Why? Because you're a disciple. They filled their boats. Two boats began to sink. You know, basically, this could be called the perfect Kodak moment. But instead of taking credit, Peter's on his knees saying, that was you, Jesus. You get the credit. Now, let me just say something here, and then I want to just 
bring a little correction in here. Sometimes when people come to you and say, wow, Pastor Angel, that was amazing what you did. Wow, Jose, wow. You know, and, and all the people in here, and, and they're saying, wow, that was great. Can I just encourage you not first to say, well, it's Jesus that does it. I know your heart. I know your passion for God. But you know what I want to ask you to do? Is to say thank you. Say thank you. And then what I usually do is I usually say thank you, and then I usually say something like, isn't God awesome? Oh, it's not me. Yes, it is. If Peter didn't go out in his boat, Jesus wouldn't have gone on the water. If Peter didn't cast the net out, then the fish wouldn't have jumped in the boat. And if Peter hadn't knelt down before Christ and said, it is you, I'm a sinful man. It's not, in other words, the natural life becomes supernatural, and the reason why it becomes supernatural is because of Jesus. But you use your natural gifts, the gifts given by God. You are special. You are anointed. You have something very unique in your life to be a blessing to those around you. And if you don't do it, God's not going to get the credit anyways. Are you hearing that? And that's why I'm just saying, I, I rejoice. And, I, you know, sometimes I, I, the Holy Spirit will, will say to me, because I'm always saying, man, I really appreciate you. Man, you're, you're awesome. You're so good. I, I'm always doing that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, uh, they don't like you saying that because it makes them uncomfortable. Like they're living in pride. You're not living in pride when you say thank you. But you do get on your knees every day and you submit to God. Do you know what the word says? It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time, the right time, the perfect time, God's time, you will be lifted up. Do you know God's heart is to lift you up? That's not prideful. That's just knowledge that we serve a God that we are their daily delight. That he loves us so much that everything about your life is so huge. He's proud of you. Do you make mistakes? Yeah, that's why 1 John 1.9 is there. He's faithful and just to forgive you when you confess your sin. But here's what I really want to say to you in that topic. I wonder how many people have experienced a great blessing of God, but because they didn't give Jesus the credit, they only experience one great blessing. And the rest of their life, they're doing it out of a natural ability. Because they just didn't do something, I'm called to do this, and this is only what I will do. Or they're not listening to God and obeying what he says to throw the net out on the other side or throw the net out. And they didn't give God the credit. They didn't recognize from the time that you just do something, the time you start listening to God, and then you understand 
that it is God that is doing it through you, then the transition of natural to supernatural won't happen. I want to live a life that's supernatural, don't you? I want my life, I want my marriage, I want, I want uh, everything that I do. I even expect supernatural on the golf course. I do. You know, I hit a tree, I expect it to bounce in the fairway. Just kidding. Just, but the real, I'm trying to give you an understanding and not get so spiritually minded and religious minded on this. I want you to understand in God's character what Jesus was teaching here was that here is a group of men who are fishermen. They're good at it, natural ability. They have natural talent, God-given. But he says, if you follow me, I'm going to make your natural talent supernatural. If you follow me, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. You start living as a disciple, you're going to see this power move in your life like you've never seen before. And watch this. You're still being what God created you to be. You know how many people try to be someone they're not? Hmm. It's about the heart. In Peter's heart, he knew it wasn't about him. He knew, just like we taught a couple weeks ago, that with God, it's always about people. With Jesus, it's always about people. Human nature always tries to figure out how to get credit. Jesus says, I'm going to find out if you will just do something in this story. Next, I'm going to see if you will do what you are told by God to do. And the third, I want to, I want to see after you get blessed if you will rightfully give me the credit and the glory and use what I bless you with for the kingdom of God. He wants you to have houses and lands. He wants you to have stuff. That's called prosperity. That's what God wants to do. But supernaturally, when we walk as a disciple, great things take place. Here's the fourth step of discipleship. Will you do the main thing? Will you do the main thing? These guys have just had the best day in their business. Two full boats. They went into town and they sold the fish. And they made bukus of money. The most they've ever made. Then Jesus does something so genius. Jesus basically saying, wasn't that awesome? You worked as a team, and you succeeded huge. Guys, you just bought a bunch of scaly, oily fish. Now you're going to the market and exchange them for a huge amount of money. Here's the last thing. And after you do that, then what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do with yourself? You've had the best day of your life. You had this great miracle that took place. What are you going to do? 
what you guys do is in the natural, but if you follow me, we will do things in the supernatural. Here's what I'm telling you. Jesus was inviting them from that point on to live in the supernatural. Jesus was inviting every one of them to begin to believe and walk in faith and be the person of faith, be a disciple, but in that, now, because you are a disciple and you just do something, you do what God tells you to do, you always give God the glory, you humble yourself, but now you do the main thing and the main thing, guys, we're going to go after people. We're going after destinies. Did you know that every person you come in contact with, whether they're homeless or whether they're a business owner, multimillionaire, famous baseball player, hockey player, whatever, every one of them have a God destiny. And if you've been put in their place, you've been put in their life, then you have a responsibility to help them reach their destiny. Your coworkers, every person you come in contact with. Jesus assigned them as well as us to change a person's destiny. Probably my greatest thrill of the Israel trip was watching those that went with me, was seeing their experiences. I got a picture of, of most of them in the Garden of Gethsemane, couples being together and the single ladies uh, being and praying and just knowing that God was speaking to them and blessing them. That's, that was my greatest thrill. There are two things I wanted to do and I didn't get to do them. I don't care. It didn't bother me. It just bothered me that I wasn't able to show the folks what I thought was amazing. Next time we'll get there. It's about eternal life. It's about living a life of, of absolute power and anointing and changing other people's lives. It's about leading people to Christ. It's about being that example. It's about watering. It's about planting seed. It's about doing that. It, it, it's about uh, supplying for the kingdom of God. It's about supplying for, for ministry. It, it's about allowing things to be given to you and flow through you to be a blessing. Jesus is saying this. I'm giving you a choice, or let me use this, I'm giving you a chance to do this, but it will take total commitment. If you want to reach your ultimate destiny, it's going to take total commitment. It's okay to prosper and make dollars, but it's not okay just to pursue dollars. You want to pursue destinies. And again, I just want to say this. God said, I will give you houses and lands. But you need to become a disciple. 
If you want the supernatural to work in your life, you become that disciple. Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So what Jesus offers you and me is huge. I wish I had every one of you in a room to myself right now. Every need will be met when you totally commit to Christ. If you get more excited about a, a little fish, dollars, not big fish, people, you have your priorities out of whack. Think about it. Think of your struggles in life. Think about disagreements in life. Think about struggles at work. Think about struggles in your business. If you really look back, most of it comes because you were thinking about yourself and not about others. Most struggles happen. You get offended by someone because you're thinking about yourself. You don't hear the voice of God saying, this person that is offending you really has some problems and doesn't really believe me, Christ saying this, like you do. So how can you expect them to be civil in this situation when they don't have the peace of God like you do? So your heart needs to be broken by how they're acting, not angry because they're doing what they're doing. Because the Bible says, be angry, see it, but don't sin. Don't just be a believer. Actively build the kingdom of God. Be a disciple. And when you become a disciple, you will change destinies. You will build people. My ultimate goal, God will always bless supernaturally the gifting he's given me. I've seen it all these years. I've watched it. Sometimes it looks like all things are falling apart. If I'm listening to God, if I'm doing something, I'm listening to what he says, and I'm giving him the credit, then that ultimate goal, that ultimate place that God's called me to, will always come to pass. God's plan will always happen because I have become a true disciple. Will you be a disciple with me? Will you serve God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind? So, I want to read this to you in closing. It's called The Children of Israel. Mr. Goldblatt announced little Joey. There's something I can't figure out. What's that, Joey? asked Goldblatt. Well, according to the Bible, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, right? Mr. Goldblatt says, right. And the children of Israel beat up the Philistines, right? Or, yeah, right. And the children of Israel built the temple, right? He says, again, you're right. And the children of Israel fought the Egyptians, and the children of Israel fought the Romans, and the children of Israel was always doing something important, right? All right, all right, yeah, that's right, agreed Goldblatt. So what's your question, son? 
What I want to know is this, demanded Joey. What was all the grown-ups doing? It's got something there, huh? God has anointed you, called you, specifically blessed you with giftings and abilities. Uniquely, as we've learned, he, he has become in you intimate because God is a gracious, loving, intimate God. He's not a religious God. Jesus turned the tables in the religious junk. Will you walk in the supernatural? Will you be? Jesus talking, he says, will you be my disciple? Look in the mirror. Is there a place in your life that you have held to yourself? Or have you given your whole life to the Lord. God loves you. Let's all stand.